Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Welcome to this episode of Faith in Your Recovery. We're glad you've joined us today. Hey, if you have any feedback or you have an interest to be a part of our podcast, contact us. You can do that through podcast at ablbh.org. Once again, that's podcast at ablbh.org. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you. My guest today is Austin Rourke's. Welcome, Austin. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. Good to have you with us. Thanks for making the trip. It's kind of nice out there today, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thank you for having me. Hey, we look forward to what you have to share. I've had bits and pieces of your story, but never as in-depth as we'll go today. So yeah. we welcome this opportunity. I appreciate it. What's your life about now, Austin? Tell us. Uh, life of today is making sure my recovery is good and making sure I'm okay and reaching out to God and making sure I'm talking to God. So how do you go about making sure your recovery is okay besides reaching out to God? I read in the mornings. I um, make sure I make every meeting. I, I don't miss a meeting because it can throw me off. What kind of meetings do you attend? Give us the different flavors. Brianna's Hope, there's one on Mondays, and then NA Tuesday, AA on Wednesday, and then AA on Saturday. So. Do you find it advantageous to kind of have crossover meetings because you get something from meeting A, something else from meeting B? Sometimes, but I get something from each meeting. Absolutely. I'll, I'll always leave in a better attitude, a better way. So would you give that advice to others to get yes. into meetings? Yes. It's a proven statistical fact. Going to rehab will help you with your recovery. Sticking around to rehab for a period of 30 days or more will help you even better, yep. move you farther along. But then if you get out and attend some sort of support and recovery meeting, that dynamic grows dramatically. Yes, it does. It's like counseling. Yeah, it's a. We need that community and others yep. in the battle with us and for us, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Austin, let's go back to your young years of growing up, your okay. early home life. Tell us about that. It was a typical me and my sister, my mom and my dad. We lived in a trailer park. My mom and my dad worked two jobs all the time to take care of us. They work hard. My dad was an alcoholic. You never know who he was going to be when he came home. It was either going to be the angry father or the typical loving father, or you just never know who he was, you know? So you had to be on guard regardless, not yeah. knowing which one you'd be dealing with. Is yes. that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, yes. How did that play out most of the time, Austin? How did you feel about those moments? When they started splitting up is when the issues were coming in. My mom started seeing somebody else, which was my stepdad, her ex-husband. He was very abusive, trying to fight all the time. And I remember them fighting in the front yard. And How you know, old? 
What was your age range? Probably about nine, ten. Okay, close enough. Seeing that, witnessing them fighting and drinking, and that was not good to see as a ten-year-old. You didn't know where that was going to go or how that was going to no. play out in those moments or when it might be aimed at you, I'm going to guess. Right. Me and my sister hated my stepdad. We tried everything in the world to get him out of the house, which is weird because when we got older, the things that happened to us, we turned to him for help. At one time, for lack of better words, was an enemy. Then he moved from enemy to, like you a, know, friend, supporter, yeah. encourager, whatever yeah. was needed. Protector, maybe. He taught me a lot about streets and to learn from people and about women. And, you know, he just, he was there when I needed a man he was in an my adult. life. Yeah. He was, he was good for that. But he did some stuff to my mom that I didn't like as a child and... Being the boy going to stick up for my mom, you know, I didn't like seeing that abuse going on. Let's go back. Uh, you were talking about your dad. You were talking about his alcoholism. Yeah. Do you know if that was a generational thing? Yes. If his dad before him struggled with yes. it? Yes. My whole entire family's addicts. My cousins, they sold drugs. I, that's who I got selling drugs from. Their mom was an addict. She's clean and sober now. Me being clean and sober has really influenced a lot of them to get clean and sober and stop. My cousin's friend that was a drug dealer at one time, I used to want to be like him. Now that I'm sober, he wants to be like me. So that's quite a turnaround. Yeah. That's and I'm a not used to hearing degree. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back to those early usage years for you. Yeah. What was your first usage? What was your drug of choice in the beginning? Was it alcohol, something else? It was, with we us? were sneaking alcohol from my dad. And How then, old uh, were you? Probably about 11. Okay. And then weed. We were still on his weed, drinking and smoking. And then it wasn't until about middle of school is when I started getting into pain pills. I was stealing Xanax from my mom. So whatever you could find at home, you were willing to use. Yeah. And obviously, there was an array of things. Like I said, my whole family was involved with something. So it was time. easy to find yeah. if you look long enough. Yes. Yeah, okay. How did that play out for you there in the beginning, the alcohol and the marijuana? I don't know. I want to say, okay, like I hung out with older people. That's how I, I got in, you know, to get my stuff. I hung out with older people from the parties and my sister, because she was older than me, you know, she knew all these people and they stuck up for me because I got bullied a lot because the way I talked back then, a lot of them bullied me and that played into, you know, using drugs because I would forget what they would say, you know, the hurt that would come with that. Right, right. And it would take it away. So those older guys kind of took you under their yeah. wing to protect you. Yeah. And also to influence you and not yeah. in the best ways, obviously. But yeah. I get it. We talk all the time on here how we're all going to find some place where we're accepted. Yep. And that was the group that accepted you. That yep. was the magnet that gave you the pull to go that direction. Yep. Then along with their aids, their experiences, they were able to hook you up with whatever you needed. Yep. Go ahead with that. My so, sister, she ended up getting pregnant. She was almost 17. She was right around 16 to 17. She's how much older than you, Austin? A year or two. Okay. You know, when she got pregnant, she moved out with her boyfriend and then they moved to Florida. All of her friends took me in and I hung out with all of them and... Because they knew my sister, they liked my sister a lot. You know, I just hung out with all of them. I knew them all. And it was a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Blackford County, I'm sure if you know Hartford City, that's where I grew up at. 
I wasn't sure where that was that you came from, but thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. So you're there in small town, you know, America, like so many of us. Yeah. The You're in with an older group that's running in a direction that was one you later found out was not the way to go, but you yeah. were still accepted. Yep. What did that do to your life, your early drug usage? Did you graduate from high school? Yes, I did. You I were gr- able to get that accomplished yes. amidst all of that. Barely. Congratulations. I well, barely got it accomplished. <laughs> well, you got it. Uh, I'm guessing on your diploma it doesn't say barely graduated. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to you Thank after you. all that struggle. Throughout high school, did you continue to use basically marijuana and alcohol? Did it progress to something heavier? Yeah, it, it progressed to the pain pills. I uh, got in a fight with my stepdad one time, and um, I went to hit him, and he moved, and I hit the tree and shattered my hand. Ooh. I went to the hospital because I couldn't move my hand. You know, I was trying to drive myself there, but my mom wouldn't let me. So we went to the hospital, and uh, they said I had what they called a boxer break. So they cast it up and gave me Percocets, and that's what I got hooked on. I kept trying to get them ever since. I was even actually breaking my own hand again just to get them. Just to go back to get more on the fill. Yeah, I let somebody take a hammer to my hand. That pain was less than the other pain you were dealing with, so you'd trade one for the other. Kind of self-harm in a way, not necessarily cutting, but certainly self-harm. Yeah, and I couldn't feel it. I was already messed up anyway, so I let them do it. I let them hurt myself. Another time, I let somebody smash my hand in the trunk of a car just to go get pain pills because a nurse told me one time that they could tell when you're faking because your blood pressure is not high. Okay. So ever since then, I got that in my head to where they're going to know, they're going to know, you know, and... That's why I started hurting myself. So it's crazy how hooked you can get on those and not even realize. Everything you're doing to get the next one, right? Yeah. Now as you look back, you got to think it was the craziest thing in the world. And on those days, you probably thought, this is my only way to survive today. Yep. That's got to be a tough place to be. So, all right, you're getting those pills, the Percocets, as you said. Mm. Uh, You've got the addiction build up with those. What was your next step then? I moved to Montpelier. I gave my mom my bank card. I just had a feeling that she needed to have it to pay my bills, you know, to help me. The good thing I did because that next week I ended up getting on meth and heroin, shooting it up. How did you come across that? So-called friends I was with. We talk about that all the time in the meetings. So now you've moved from alcohol and marijuana to heroin and, uh, you know, you had some stops with pills and other things along the way, right? Okay, so you've (laughs) certainly experienced several different types there. It was right after the doctor kicked me off of the pain pills because she caught something in my system that wasn't supposed to be there. Morphine. You know, I try to drink one of those uh, drinks that clears your piss test so you pass it or whatever. It failed. So she was like, no more. And then right after that, I was like, what am I going to do? I always said I never would touch heroin or meth. And I did. You're not the first one of our interviewees to say that. Even in our opening there, Monica talks about how she says something like, I swore I'd never do that, but as soon as they took away my pills, I was at it. 
And I know that there was a time when you could doctor shop, you could get pills from multiple different doctors. Then that shut down almost overnight. And I really believe that's what led to the escalation in the use of heroin in so many lives. Yeah, yeah. What was this doing to you during that time, Austin? It, uh, relationally, personally, what was it doing to you? It messed me up really bad to where um, I dropped down to 107 pounds. I looked really bad. Emotionally ashamed of myself because I, I didn't like the person who I was. I didn't know there was a way out back then. Back then, you just don't know. You don't hear about recovery back then as much as you hear about it now. I knew there was a way out. Back then, I probably would have took it. I don't know if I would have, because I don't know if I was ready yet then. Um, But you would have had the option, yes. I tell folks all the time, a better life, Brianna's hope, is somewhere between seven and eight years old. And when we began, we were one of the... (laughs) <laughs> the first fish in the pond. Now there's a lot of other fish in there, which we're thankful for. And as you began here, you attend a couple, three or four different kinds of meetings. Yep. And the availability factor helps with the recovery factor for certain. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're in the throes of all these different kinds of drugs, the use what did it cost you? Did you lose many friends or family members to drugs yeah. or alcohol? Talk to that a moment. I lost everything. Friends that came along, some died. We stopped talking because we ripped each other off. Most of the time, it was somebody OD and, and passed it away. Let me ask you. I don't always ask this question, but you lose a friend, you lose another friend to an OD death. What is it that keeps you from seeking help at that point? Is it the it'll never happen to me thing? Yeah, it's that's what yeah. we get in our head. And I moved over here to Bluffton 20, 2018-ish, something like that. Okay. I was still using at that point uppers and downers like meth and Xanax, and I was mixing them both. And uh, that I didn't know that could kill you, but it can. I was trying to kill myself. I took a whole bunch of intentionally trying yeah i took a whole bunch of xanax and uh almost didn't wake up and i woke up to the ambulance next to me trying to get me up well some reason something told me to call park center and i called park center there in bluffton and because i missed too many appointments they scheduled me like four or five months out and i was like there's no way i can wait that long i'm gonna die if i wait that long so i hung up with the phone with them I grabbed my phone, my earphones, and walked up there. It was almost two miles, and I walked up there. And I sat down and said I wasn't leaving until somebody come out and talk to me. And that's when the therapist came out and talked to me, and uh, she had 20 minutes to spare. So she came out and talked to me and said that my emotions were everywhere because I, I was done at that point. I was done using I was done with it. I was done with the whole drama. I was done with everything. I just had enough. Tell the folks what Park Center is. Those outside of uh, Bluffton may not know. Park Center is a place where you get counseling and they put you in relapse prevention classes that could help with your recovery. And it, it had help with mine. I was in it for two years. They let me be in it for two years. I met some wonderful people out of it. Still friends with them to this day. It doesn't work for everybody, but it, it worked for me. 
no one journey is going to work for everybody, is yeah. it? We know that. That's the importance of the options. You're a much different person than I am, not better than or less than, just different than. Right. So uh, you may have to take a path to the right, and I'll go to the left. As right. long as we get there, that's the important thing. Okay, so she came out, she talked to you, said your emotions are twisted this way and that. Yeah. You got into the program, you were there about two years. Yeah. During that time, were you able to be clean yeah. and sober for yes. that entire two years? Uh, but she had me. They had me on Suboxone at that time. I eventually got off of those. Uh, I worked my way off. I, the doctor helped me. I, if anybody gets off of those, I recommend the doctor doing it. Yes. And yes. not you, because if yes. you do it, it's bad. It can turn into a bad, um, like, withdrawal. Yep. And um, so I recommend the doctor helping you get off those, because they, they did, and I did not have that withdrawal. Thank God, because... My goal was to be clean off of everything. Medically assisted treatment works, yeah. but it's got to be worked the right way. The right way, And yes. uh, that is the way to go about it. You don't want to try it on your own or by somebody else's simple suggestion of what yes. worked for them because your chemical buildup's different than mine. Yep. So you sought that help. You got that help there. You've been in the program at Park Center. For about two years, yep. uh, you're clean, you're sober. Tell us life when you walked out of Park Center as far well, as the help you had gotten. Counselor I had, she loved to be a probation officer, which she would be a good win because, you know, she didn't let nobody get one over on her. So we, we cut ties at Park Center. They said I was good. I had my counseling, which was my meeting. I do five nights a week. I had everybody there to reach out to. I had Pastor Lane to reach out to at Sunlight Church. He was my sponsor. That's there at the edge of Bluffton, folks, in case you don't know. Great man. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, great church, great family. They reached out to me when I left them, and they made sure that I was okay. That made me realize what kind of people they were and the uh, stay with them. So I did. I've been helping that Brianna's Hope there at Sunlight Church ever since I left Park Center. And there's a lot of people who's left, came and gone. I've stayed with it. And now I'm one of the leaders there. Well, thank you for that commitment to a better life, Brianna's Hope. Yeah. More so the commitment to those who are struggling. Yes. We're just the label for that, that you can gather under. Yes. So obviously, you've fought the battle. You're in a victory stage right now. We want that to continue. Do you ever get that pull, that urge to return to the drug? Talk, yes, I do. Talk to that, because there's got to be others out there. Yes. Even if you don't, that do. So talk to them. Okay. I always get that urge. And uh, when I do get that urge, I highly recommend you start your day off with something positive. Like if you read something, watch something positive, just listen to something positive, like church or anything. It will help you. Something to do with recovery or but I always get that craving. It's only lasts for a couple of minutes. So I like game a little bit and then it's gone. Or I get on YouTube a little bit and then it's gone. That's become your safe medication. Yeah. You yeah. see me through. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and talk to the idea. What do you want to tell folks out there who may be struggling with their own addiction, Austin? Give them some advice. Well, 
I mean, there's stuff in life that's going to happen. This fire, for instance, it's happened to me. Tell the folks a little about that, because that's just recent. Yes, there was a fire at Capri Apartments in Bluffton there. It started on the second floor, and then it rose up to the third floor and destroyed everything on the first, second, and third floor, and my apartment was on the third it destroyed everything. I was I was left with nothing but the clothes on my back and the sobriety that I had. That was it. When I got out there, I called my church people. I called people at Brianna's Hope. And I called, you know, NA and AA family. And every single one of them stopped what they were doing and stepped up. I didn't want to leave that community because that community was so wonderful. You know, when this happened... They stepped up and made sure that we were okay. That was amazing. There's stuff that's going to happen in your life that... Always. That has nothing to do with addiction. It has everything to do with your next breath. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And we need to know that. Go ahead. You got to learn to deal with it. That's one thing I've learned through this fire. You just got to learn to deal with it. And How have you dealt with it? What are your coping tools today? Reaching out. Using that phone list that we have at Brianna's Hope and AA texting your leaders, talking to them, like my best friend, Mandy Gormerez. She's a recovering coach. She helped me through it. Pastor Lane, he counseled me through it. And uh, right across, when they called me, they said, uh, if you need any counseling, let us know. And I was like, no, I'm good. I got my, you know, recovering team that will help. And they, they have helped majorly. Mandy, she's been such a wonderful person. You know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes. And, uh, She's helped me so much with clothes and not just with that, just by being a friend. And we're not used to having those kind of friends. She's been a wonderful friend. We've got to surround ourselves with people that are on the same mission we are. Yes. These are folks with a heart for recovery and a heart for those who are in recovery, as yes. well as a heart for those who haven't found recovery yet. Yep. And that certainly fits you, certainly fits Mandy. Yep. So together you can battle through it. You were real quick with the answer when I said, how do you cope today? You gave us two words. Yep reach out yes that is powerful yeah uh we need that village to help us through you've talked about how you needed clothes and somebody helped you come up with those Mm -hmm. furniture to you know you have a different apartment now i know you're trying to furnish i've seen the pictures on (laughs) facebook all right yeah you're trying to regain life just like you did following the addiction battle You had to go in recovery then. You're in recovery now, recovery from the trauma of a fire. Yes, and trust me, it's it's made me want to have that feeling of using. Using just makes everything worse. And I've seen people uh, say these programs not work and go back out, and it's twice as bad for them. And that makes me realize it's not worth it. There is a scripture that speaks about we can rid ourselves of the demons, but when they come back, they come back, I think, like seven times stronger. Yeah. So that's the way it is. You could go to that drug for a moment, then you're going to spend years trying to get over that moment. The shame. Yes. Yeah, the shame and everything else that goes with it. And admitting to the group that you have relapsed is... I mean, a strong person to do it, but it's also at the same time a shamed feeling because you know you messed up. Yeah, we don't want anybody to see us messing up, but to have the strength to say, I did mess up, 
Yeah. I think that's where your next step in recovery lies. You got to face the moment, yeah. deal with the situation, and move forward. Yes. And if you're around those who love you, those who get it, they're going to help you make that happen. Yeah. 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 So, what is the biggest surprise in your life right now from where you were a few years ago, Austin? Letting God in has been wonderful. I used to not let him in because I used to hate him because of the life that I live. And I've had wonderful friends like Mandy and Karna show me who God is. And Lane, it's been an amazing ride to follow him. And I've had everything back. Like I had a hep C and I did the treatment, took the medicine when they told me to, every night they told me to, and it's gone. My liver is fine. Um, not everybody gets those kind of results. No. It's just been great. I got my license back when everybody told me in addiction that I would never get them back. And that's true because all my money was going to drugs. But when I got sober, it was going to pay those tickets off. How many years were you without your license? About almost 10. 10 years and you worked to get them back by paying off tickets that were hanging over your head. Yep. And um, thankfully there were no tickets that were like warrants or nothing that put me in jail or Nothing like that. I never had that happen to me. I, I should have, you know, I've been on moments where I should have been in jail, but yeah, yeah. thank God I wasn't. As you share that, and as I hear that story, you made a comment. You recall when you were angry at God. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that honesty, because a lot of us get there and few of us want to admit it. Right. But I am totally convinced God's shoulders are broad enough to handle our anger. Yes. Uh, he's going to deal with it. Yep. We just had somebody a little bit ago, they were in that stage of hunting for a way out of their addiction, prayed to God to help them. Within two weeks, a number of police officers knocked on the door. They ended up in jail, and that's where they found Christ. Yep. And we never know what the journey is going to look like. We just know there is a rainbow at the end of this. Gotta uh, be patient. Uh, this re- be patient. We don't know when it's going to pop up or how it's going to happen. Yep. And commit. Yep. Commit with all that we are. Austin, what else would you like to share? Would you like folks to know about you, addiction, recovery? We go to the Brianna's Hope on Mondays. If you guys want to see us there, that's where... We're at at Sunlight Church. That's on the south edge of Bluffton there on Highway 1. Monday nights at uh, 6.30 to 8. You know, there's a meal, child care. Come join us and get some fellowship in. and Give it a try. Yeah. This may be the next step for you in your recovery. It may not work for you, but what have you lost with everything you have the chance of gaining? Yep. Give it a chance. It will work. Austin, the name of our podcast, Faith in Your Recovery. What's that mean to you, that term, faith in your recovery? Have faith and your recovery will begin. Like I said, be patient. It will work for you. Faith in the system you're working. Yes. And the system can't work if you won't work the system. The yes. program can't work if you won't work the program. I had somebody tell me, as hard as you chase drugs, you can do the same thing with recovery. Just chase recovery as hard as you chased, you know, Yeah, and I did it ever since. (laughs) Go through the same inconveniences, the same challenges, Yeah, whether that's a fire to your apartment or it's a flat tire or it's uh, you lose your job, whatever it may be, you've got to stay in the battle. And like you've 
alluded to several times, fight it to the end. Yes. We don't know when that's going to come or what it's going to look like, but we know that we can overcome because you're living proof as so many are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Anything you'd like to close with? Just thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate your willingness. We give you thanks for coming to join us. Appreciate that a lot. Folks, we don't believe you've come this far. Totally come this far. Know this, your answer, your healing, your recovery may be just around the corner, maybe in our next episode. Have faith in your recovery by having faith in yourself your journey, and above all, God. Stay in the battle. God bless.